travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 91, Rock Climbing in Asia. Sometimes when we go on holiday, we like to participate in an activity we enjoy doing at home. Sometimes that's even the entire point of traveling to a certain place, such as a liveaboard scuba trip in the Philippines or a skiing trip to Japan. We've done a few episodes on sports travel in Asia over the years, kayaking along the west coast of Thailand, hiking and mountain biking in Hong Kong, trekking and mountain climbing in the Himalayas, and even skiing in Iran. Today we're going to talk about rock climbing, an activity that's quite popular here in Asia, both as something to try out when you're on holiday, as well as an activity that can be a destination in itself. From Bangkok, Thailand, this is Scott Coates, and joining me as always is... Hey Scott, Trevor Ranges here in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, where you'll be shortly, so maybe the next episode we'll get to do in person, yeah? Yeah, that'd be good. It's, uh, it seems we only maybe do like 10 or 15% in person. That's always a fun way to do it. Um, just before we go any further, I want to thank our latest patron. Uh, that is Phaedra Robinson. She was kind enough to put some financial love into the system. Thank you so much, Phaedra. And if you're listening to this, hey, Trevor and I spend money to have this edited and hosted and so forth. And we really need your financial love and support. So if you go to talktravelasia.com, on the left-hand side of the homepage is a button that will take you to our Patreon page. Um, we'll give you more details at the end, but please give us some financial love. And on that note, Trevor, I understand we have a big sponsor this episode. Yeah, special thank you to our sponsor. Uh, once again, it's Hub Street Cocktails in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Um, it's a great place to go and eat and drink and meet up with friends. Uh, I believe you and I have even been there together. We have. Hub Street Cocktails is excited to announce their participation in the 2018 U.S. Foods Week here in Phnom Penh, running from December 1st to de December 9th. Um, U.S. Foods Week, which is a tricky thing to say, um, is actually kind of cool event. Uh, Hub Street mm. is creating four new menu items to celebrate the event, and they're using all imported ingredients from the USA, including California raisins. Uh, curious as to know what they're going to do with the raisins and what their new menu items are, uh, come on down to Hub Street to try the new dishes out. They're located on Street 21 near the corner of Street 308 in the heart of Tonle Basak. Again, that's in Phnom Penh. 2018 U.S. Foods Week will be celebrated at many other restaurants around town in addition to Hub Street, but come on down to Hub Street from December 1st to December 9th. Try out their new menu items, uh, have a few drinks. Uh, Talk to Dara and the other regulars uh, who hang out at the bar. It's a really cool place. And thank you. Thank you for sponsoring us. Scott? Well, you have piqued my interest, Trevor. Yeah? Yeah, you've piqued my interest because um, I'll actually be there from the 3rd tonight. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot, man. That sounds really good. And thank you, Hub Street, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, and I don't know. Maybe you didn't go in there because... Uh we actually featured them on our favorite watering holes episode two that we yeah, did recently. Yeah. We'll, uh, go back. So yeah, we talked about our favorite drinking places uh, currently. So if you want to go to the show notes, then uh, you can read uh, 
the links to that and find out on other places that we like to go and drink in Asia. Yeah. So, I mean, we're taking on climbing here and I got to say, I have never climbed. I've tried it once indoors in a wall in Canada. And while I believed in the equipment, I knew it was safe. I got to say, I would get up there, you know, 10 meters or so and just didn't feel very comfortable. And I also don't think my body type, I'm kind of a little heavier set, is entirely suited to it. But, you know, when I've been to Riley Bay in southern Thailand that's famous for climbing with these limestone cliffs that come straight out of the water, I always wanted to do it, and I, I never have. And so I'm kind of not very knowledgeable on this episode. But you have a, a, a reasonable amount of experience climbing. Is that not right, Trevor? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Krabi, that's an excellent place. But I, I first started to do some climbing out in Joshua Tree, which is in California, back in college. Um, I didn't have any skills. None of us had any sort of gear. Okay. Uh, and we climbed some kind of dangerous stuff. But, uh, Joshua Tree is pretty famous for bouldering because um, it's like these giant boulders out in the desert. Um, but it wasn't until about 10 years ago that my tennis club in Bangkok, the Soi Klong Racket Club in the Prom Pong area, they built a rock climbing gym. And my friends Ed Lee and I decided to learn properly, add it to our workout regimen. And then uh, we really got into it. We made a few trips down to Riley Beach and Krabi just to climb. Um, and, and it's great that you can climb there. You got to, you know, I'm kind of afraid of heights. So you got to trust your partner and the equipment and everything. But you can also do a thing there called deep water soloing, mm -hmm. where you climb up the rocks uh, on like a, a limestone cliff sticking out of the water. And then you jump off the cliff into the water. Oh, wow. I've seen people. I've gone kayaking under it. So even you could do that, Scott. You don't even need to know what you're doing. You just fall. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've paddled under people doing it. Yeah, so uh, the Soy Klong Racket Club was a, a good climbing gym to learn on. So if people want to learn some skills before they come to Asia, they could probably find an indoor climbing gym. Uh, but Riley Beach is a great place for beginners uh, to climb as well as, as well as advanced climbers. Um, so we spent a lot of time down there in Krabi climbing, and uh, I got pretty good at it. I even got over my fear of heights, which was kind of nice. Cool. Well, I want to learn more about climbing. So can you tell us a bit about our guest? Sure thing. Our guest today is Joan Yi, a.k.a. Jojo. I hope she's fine with me telling everyone her real name. I met Jojo on a climbing trip to Riley Beach over the Thai New Year, maybe around eight or nine years ago. Uh, that was a lot of fun because it was the Songkran holiday, and we've sort of been friends ever since. Now, I know Jojo suggested that we should get a professional climber for the show, but she's a pretty serious hobbyist, and from all her Facebook posts showing pictures of climbing all over the region, I thought she'd be great for uh, giving advice to our listeners. So welcome to Talk Travel Asia, Jojo. Thank you, Trevor. Um, so yes, as Trevor mentioned, we met many, many years ago. Um, that was the first time we met over Solcron. That was a wicked fun. That was crazy. <laughs> um, yes, I actually did my first deep water soloing that year. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that in the intro. That's uh, super fun. Uh, so, Jojo, we got Scott here. You want to say hi, Scott? Yeah, hey, Scott. Um, and hi, hi Scott. Jojo. You know, we like to start at the beginning. So, Jojo, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're originally from, and what first brought you to Asia? Um, I'm originally from Canada. I was born and raised there. And after graduating, I decided to move to Hong Kong. And I mm -hmm. lived in Hong Kong for six years. Um, okay. And then that's where I actually started rock climbing. One of our students was a rock climbing instructor. And he basically okay. invited um, all the staff out for an indoor climbing session. And um, so we joined him, um, his friends. And I think he wanted to converse in English with us. And so that's why he invited us. 
And so um, he got to practice his English while we got to learn a new sport. Um, okay. Yeah, so I immediately loved it and have been climbing ever since then. And how many years, how many years is that roughly? Um, on and off for about 15 years. But I did get into okay. uh, a few accidents and I had some um, injuries. So that kind of um, held me back a little bit um, in between. But I've been climbing regularly for the last five years now and cool. feeling good. All right. Well, just before I throw it over to Trevor, just one more thing. Like now you're speaking to us here from Bangkok. What's your uh, day job here when you're not climbing? Um, day job, I do random things. Um, I am an HR person for one of my husband's companies, kind of help him um, look through resumes and um, potentially hire some um, staff for um, an acai berry company. Um, It's called Mm Makai. They just started um, very recently, opened four stores now. And um, so, yeah, so if anybody's looking to become uh, an acai, work in the HR <laughs> <laughs> acai type uh, person, uh, please contact me. And um, I also teach uh, standardized test preparation on the side. Um, mm. So, um, yeah. Okay. So that's why you mentioned the student earlier the when student. you were saying <laughs> your climbing uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so we met on a climbing trip to Riley Beach, a Songkran trip with climbing, I guess. Uh, how many places around Asia do you think you've climbed in now? Wow. Um, in Asia, I don't know, is China Asia? China's Asia. Um, yes. <laughs> I've climbed very much <laughs> in Yangshuo in China, but I want to go to a few more regions that have opened up there. Um, and I've been to Laos in Takek at Green Climbers Home. Um, I'm planning to go to the Philippines next year. Um, there's some newly bolted places um, that I've never been to. And my friends are opening up a camp there. So I'm going to go check Philippines, that out. Philippines seems like it would be something like Krabi, where you could do like climbs over water and deep water soloing and stuff like that. Is that kind of the place you were, that they do it? I have no idea. The pictures that oh, really? they sent me are like jungle. <laughs> so oh, yeah. um, I don't know. It'll be my first time. So they're basically going to pick me up from the Cebu airport and then um, and then we go to wherever they've set up camp so I have no idea where they are Um, but it'll be exciting Um, all right Jojo Um, what makes Asia such a special and unique place to climb wow Um, the cliffs are pretty amazing and pretty unique Um, a lot of the Asia um, climbs are are on limestone rock um, and limestone, limestone is very 3D, I guess you can say. There's a lot of overhanging, there's straight uh, walls, vertical walls, um, but you can kind of contort yourself into different positions if there aren't really um, specific holds that you need to hold on to. So, you know, there's like a lot of body jamming or shoulder jamming, knee jamming, knee barring. Um, and you just get like a full-on body experience with the rock here. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of grippy. Is limestone kind of a tactile, like, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like in Donsai or Raleigh, the limestone there is a little bit more slick um, because hmm. of the weather. Um, so you'll get smoother limestone there. And whereas if you go inland, the limestone is a little bit more grippy and more tactile. And that's, hmm. and that's in southern Thailand. Um, Krabi and Tonsai are in southern Thailand, 
And um, there are a few other crags out there too, uh, like out in Gotyanoi is one of my um, favorite places to go because there's no boats. You basically get to climb in peace over water. Um, mm. And then once you get into mainland, like um, even Chongpli, that's um, beside Tansai, the rock is a little bit different um, where they don't actually get uh, that battered by the weather. Um, and then once you get into central Thailand, the rock is still a little bit different, but very unique. Um, so we've got like about four crags that are about an hour and a half to two hours away from Bangkok um, and that we go to. I like to go to this camp um, almost every weekend because there's a campsite there, there's a restaurant, and you basically zip line to the rock. And so it's wow. like the best approach. Um, you don't have every to. weekend. So this is a good tip for people. Is that a place that like travelers, people coming to Thailand and they want to do some climbing? Is that a place that's really easy for people to go to? Oh, absolutely. Where is it? Um, it's north east of um, Bangkok, about two hours. So you can either hire a taxi for about 1800 baht or you can take a train to Gangkoi town. And um, the motorcycle taxis there already know that you are a climber when you arrive at the station because with a bunch of ropes, you know, no foreigners actually go there because it's quite a small town and so any foreign person they see uh, arriving at that train station they know that they're going to the camp for sure um, and from there it's about like a 20 minute ride to the camp and it's like um, there's no wi-fi there's no not a lot of internet signal so you really get the um, the nature experience and kind of um, immerse yourself into that atmosphere and experience. Okay, we'll put a link to that on the show notes for people that want to learn more. Yeah, so that camp is called Nampa Payai. Hmm. See, Jojo is the secret spots. I, I knew it was a good idea to have her on the show. <laughs> Koyao, Koyao, though, uh, yeah. we, we I did a story about climbing or different activities in Thailand for a magazine, and Jojo gave us a photo for Yao and uh, I went to the to the climbing shop there and it's pretty quiet it's pretty quiet yeah, there's nothing so I, I there. agreed it's probably yeah it's a good place to climb mm-hmm. um, did you go but to is it, is it difficult is could someone like me climb on Yao? is there some kind of intermediate to beginner stuff absolutely but the thing is um, you do need to kind of um, bring your own partner because that island's not very well known for climbing. And previously, some of the access was um, kind of denied. So some of the walls that have been bolted um, over the, the water, um, it has been closed. But I think recently, they're a little bit more lax about it. So um, I don't know, there might be a few access issues, but the locals there say that they can climb all the time. So um, I think I would trust the locals rather than anything else. So Jojo, imagine somebody maybe has climbed a couple times indoors um, back at home, maybe never at all. Um, in Asia, what do you think are some of the best places for beginners to give it a shot? Um, if you're looking for friendly crags, um, the Green Climbers Home in Laos is amazing. They have really um, kind of textured walls so that you can find holds and find footholds um, quite easily. And um, it's just got a very accepting atmosphere as well. 
you get climbers、okay. from all over the world there, and it's very easy to find a partner. And they actually also do guiding there as well. So they'll have、um, guides that you can who you can rent,、um, and they'll kind of show you、um, how to basically do climbing if you're a newbie. And what what part of Laos is that?、Um, that is right across the border from、um, from Thailand. What near near like Nong Kai, Vientiane, or down? No,、south? I think down south.、Um, I usually go up to Nakhon Phanom, and then we take a bus over the border. Okay, we'll post it on a map or something at the end. Okay, any other good spots to、uh, start as a beginner? Nampa Paiyai has some good rock too, and they've got some pretty easy at the camp that I go to. Oh right, okay. Yeah, they've got some pretty easy routes. So yeah, and it's kind of family friendly as well. You can bring your kids.、Um, a lot of our friends actually bring their children. To go top rope there as well, and same thing. You can also rent guides there, and I sometimes actually guide for the camp as well. All right, so if people call into the show, they can、uh, they can hire you. Yeah, hire me as a guide. <laughs> yeah.、Um, how about stepping it up a bit? Like,、uh, you know, I, I mean, you, you claim not to be as great as you are, but you have been climbing continuously for five years now, and and doing the sport for like fifteen years. So you're probably pretty advanced. What are some of like the most challenging places that people could climb if they got some pretty good skills, but don't know where to go in Asia? Ooh,、um, if you're a trad climber. Apparently, Li Ming is the place to go. They've got some crazy splitters up there.、Um, Where's that? It's in China.、Um, I actually have never been, but there is amazing track climbing there.、Um, I might have to go.、Uh, my friends went、uh, last year, and they're going to go back again next year.、Um, and the pictures that they have are just amazing. It's like red rock,、um, red sandstone, maybe. Um, and yeah, you just get like the full-on body into like a crack. What what is that kind of climbing you mentioned? What's the name and what is it?、Um, track climbing is when you have to place your own gear.、Um, so you actually have to bring cams, bring nuts, and there are no bolts on the walls. So the climbing that Trevor and I did in Donsai are、uh, it's called sport climbing, where they actually have bolts in the walls for you. So basically, you just clip your quick draws. Clip your rope in, and then you kind of keep on going up. But with trad climbing, you actually have to do one more step. You have to assess the rock, figure out what size cam you need to place in there in order for it to stick,、um, and then you put your quick draw on, and then you put your rope in. So it's、wow. um, okay. added added scariness for me. I'm like a very newbie at trad climbing,、um, so if I were to go there, I'd I do like very very easy easy stuff. How about how about anything like half dome where they have to camp out halfway up the cliff?、Uh, are there any big walls? Yeah, like please, you got to do a little hammock thing. Have you done that before? I haven't.、Um, I was going to do that in Yosemite this past year, but then、uh, I took、yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> I got scared of actually、uh, going to the bathroom in front of other people and into like this tube or I don't know this bag or something. 
So yeah. yeah, I got a little uncomfortable with.、Um, so that's the most challenging <laughs> part of it. <laughs> It's like, can I pee?、Climb. Can I poo? <laughs>、yeah. um, other than that little tube kind of bag thing,、mm. you, some people have all their own gear, and sometimes you can go to places where they have gear.、Mm. Uh, what's been the general condition of the equipment that you found here in, in there in Asia?、Um, um, it's difficult to find equipment here. So if you were to buy anything, there is generally a markup, but It is、um, also good to support the local community, like、um, Chiang Mai Rock Climbing Adventures up in Chiang Mai. They、um, are distributors for like Black Diamond, Sterling Rope,、um, and various other、um, uh, brands. And so it's actually really good to support them because they actually put a lot of money into maintaining the crags、um, up north. And so.、Um, But the markup is higher than、um, than if you were to buy in Europe or in the States.、Um, but if you were to rent gear in like Tonsai or Raleigh,、um, you should be a little bit careful and inspect it before you actually take it out.、Um, the ropes are quite worn, and、um, so basically you just pinch it all to make sure that the core is not shot、um, before you actually go out with it,、um, and make sure that the quick draws are not. Kind of like if you top rope, the rope rubs on the metal, and then it'll create this groove on the quick draw. Just make sure that there's no sharp.、Um, kind okay, of I'm、pads. buying all my own. <laughs> I haven't cli- I haven't climbed in a while,、um, but、uh, you've convinced me. Definitely, people should probably bring their own shoes. Some of the the shoes I've borrowed、uh, quite stinky are a bit ratty, especially the deep water soloing ones. Where、oh, they end up in the water with them on. You don't want to bring new shoes for deep water soloing either, because no, <laughs> right after it goes into that salt water, they're gone. So, as as you've climbed in Asia, have you found? There's any kind of rivalry between local and foreign climbers, and kind of like what's the mood in the local community?、Um, I think Thailand in general, they're pretty,、um, or Thais are very nice. So there's no rivalry between the Thai climbers and foreign climbers.、Um, I climb with Thai climbers all the time.、Um, mm-hmm. There might be. Communication problems if you try to talk about other things besides climbing, <laughs> but other than that,、um, generally they're really open、um, to you know us climbing with them、um, and you know going out to the crags together, sharing rides.、Um, so yeah, so I found that it's been pretty nice, very accepting.、Um, and if you go to Donsai or Raleigh, basically. Um, a lot of the the money that the locals make are from climbers, so、um, so it's actually、uh, so climbers are part of you know source of their income. So、mm. there's no rivalry there. They rather have more more climbers come than not. How about in like Laos, Philippines, Hong Kong? Pretty cordial or any issues?、Um, well, I'm pretty familiar with the Hong Kong people. Um, and they're very nice. They'll take me to a crag whenever, and whenever I send them friends、um, who are heading to Hong Kong, they're more than willing to take them out as well. So、um, in Laos, everybody just climbs with each other. But the thing is,、um, in Laos, I don't think there's like a big local climbing community there. Um, okay. I've mainly just seen、um, foreigners, and even when we went to like Vang Vien,、um, the locals actually
kind of take you out there on their boats, but they don't actually participate in the climbing with you. So uh, I don't know if other people have had a different experience, but um, I haven't really met any locals that are who are climbers. You know, I have a couple of follow-ups on that. Number one, like mm. Vang Vieng must be awesome. Vang Vieng is so beautiful. It's like in central Laos and, and just picturing like taking a boat to, on a river to go to someplace climbing in Vang Vieng must be awesome. But the, the main point I wanted to mention was that like, you know, maybe somebody's listening to this, this show and it's some guy and he's like, oh, we got to go climbing <laughs> in, in Thailand. And his girlfriend's like, I don't really want to do it. You know, like Jojo's a, a woman, obviously, but there's lots of female Thai climbers as well, I remember. And, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's a pretty equal balance between the sexes so I, I think that like women should know that they shouldn't necessarily be like turned off by that the concept because there are a lot of women climbing don't you think oh absolutely um yeah usually we just have um girl groups that go out quite often um yeah we'll just show up to a crag maybe just the two of us and you know we'll just go climb there's no there's no gender differences here at all so is there, I mean, it's obviously when you're in Asia, it's not the same as the Western world. Is there anything that's really different when it climbs to, comes to climbing, maybe etiquette or just how it's done that people should keep in mind when they're climbing in Asia? I don't know. I think climbing in general, um, most of the climbing community all over the world respect nature and respect the crag. Um, but sometimes you do find people who, you know, leave garbage and that's basically okay. anywhere. Um, it could be in Spain, it could be in Greece, it could be in the States, or even in Canada. You have a few of those who feel like they should throw toilet paper, you know, outside, or oh. you know, leave their cigarette butts. Um, and I would say that that is a no-no because you should leave no trace. You know, leave everything as you as you saw it, right? Um, mm-hmm. So. I think the in general, most of the the climbing people that, who I climb with are pretty um, they're pretty conscientious about that. But I have seen um, some places where you know just gross stuff have been just tossed aside, and hmm, you know okay. <laughs> <laughs> I picked well, you up know, after you a few. You know, there, we have a, like a plastic pollution problem in Asia for yeah. sure, right? So, but th- like that you're going to find on the beach somewhere. But I can imagine like some of the remote areas that you're going to are mm. probably some of the cleanest and most pristine and beautiful places people could go to. Yeah. Yeah. And so I usually like if I see it, I'll pick up. But sometimes the stuff is so gross, you don't want to pick it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm a little picky about picking up after people. So if people would pick up after themselves, that'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, that's the big message good. of our episode here. So tell us about one of your most memorable climbs or climbing trips uh, that really stands out. All of them stand out. They're all hmm. so different. Um, are you talking about Asia or all over the world? Yeah, Asia. Asia. It is top travel Asia. I really like going back to Green Climbers Home in Laos. Um, it's just that um, there are hundreds of routes there. And there are basically two campsites um, or two camp areas um, that you can stay in. Um, And you can choose to live in a bungalow, you can choose to live in a dorm room, or you can choose to live in tents. And um, the community there, I think, is the most welcoming. Like, you can just show up, you know, go to the restaurant, and somebody will climb with you. Um, 
and the staff are great and I don't know this and then you can go caving you can go climbing you can go do this um, adventure loop on like a bike um, up north into like this huge cave there's just so much stuff to do there that you just I don't know you're just outside of everything else like you don't think of anything else except for where you are at the moment okay last question for you jojo where is the next big climbing trip for you in asia i'm going to the philippines in hopefully mm. january that's right to your friend's place and you know nothing about it, yet. <laughs> I know nothing but about it. <laughs> hopefully you'll share photos with us from that trip and we can post them on our Facebook page, uh, yes. we'll also have the show notes, www.talktravelasia.com. This is episode 91, Rock Climbing in Asia with Jojo Yi. Thank you so much, Jojo, for coming on the show. It was actually even better than I imagined. That was a lot of really good information that I think people will find very helpful. Ah, cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jojo. Oh, and if anyone wants to go bouldering, uh, there's a bouldering festival in January up north in Konkent. So, um, yeah, if anybody's coming to Asia or coming to Thailand specifically, go up to Konken for that bouldering festival. I think it's on January 18th. All right. Cool. Somewhere so people can, uh, <laughs> people can send a message to our uh, email, contact us, and then we'll uh, share that information. Or we'll put it on the show notes again. Yeah, that uh, scares me a bit, just talking about rock climbing. You know, I thought I would feel more comfortable about the idea by the end. I don't see myself doing it. But, man, what a cool thing to do while you're here i mean there's so many neat limestone you know little mountains and outcroppings throughout southeast asia especially that i've seen and you know it's, it seems like one of those sports if you've got the equipment it's almost free to do while you're on your way and you get exercise you get to meet people it sounds like a great thing well i think in, in many ways it's probably like surfing and i was thinking about that too when, when she was describing going to places because i would think that like the only time locals might ever get upset is when like their walls too crowded or something. But it seems like there's a lot of space here and there's not as many climbers as there are routes necessarily. And even in like Riley Beach, even she mentioned like the, the Thai scene there is pretty friendly and they appreciate the climbers and stuff. But it also sounds like going to a place like Vang Vieng, like if you already know how to climb, like if you develop this skill a little bit, like once you learn to surf, you're going to want to try to climb wherever you can. So now that I know I can climb in Vang Vieng, next time I'm there, like I might just do that. Yeah, that sounded really sweet. And you know, another thing I thought that was pretty cool about chatting with her is she recommended a couple places that you and I haven't been and that I'm literally going to have to look on a map to see where it is, right? The place two and a half hours northeast of, or north, east or west of Bangkok, I can't remember. Um, didn't know about that. And then opposite uh, Nakompatom in northeastern Thailand, like, and the place she mentioned in China. These are all places we've never touched on, you and I have not been at. So it's a way to really, I mean, kind of go somewhere off the beaten path and, and kind of new and funky. Yeah. And even that place she was saying just outside of Bangkok, just for camping, because they camp and climb, like trying to find like a cool place that you could set up a camp and camp uh, is a cool thing to do as well. So yeah, it was great having Jojo on the show. I think, uh, I hope everybody will find it informative. They, again, go to the show notes and we'll have information because we're going to have to find out where these things are and put it on a map for you. Yeah, very cool. And 91 episodes in, we tackled something new that we've never done before climbing. And uh, if you're listening, please show us some financial love. It can be as little as a dollar a month. You can go to patreon.com, search Talk Travel. Uh, Asia, or go to our website, left-hand side, there's a button. It starts at a dollar. That's the Vagabond sponsorship, or $2 a month is Daydreamer. 
$25 a month, The Big Kahuna will give you a shout out on the show and send you a postcard from Asia. Or $100 is the you the woman, you the man level. We'll talk about you on the show and some send you something funky from Asia. So Yeah, I'll send you. some Camp Hot Pepper, man. Or, yeah, uh, that could I'll be, send right? a postcard. We can both send postcards. I haven't sent yeah. a postcard in a while, and you can get a lot of them here. So, And we appreciate everybody who donates to the show and everybody who sends us love uh, we get some interesting questions and we're always happy to help out our listeners so we'd appreciate any support you can give thanks so uh, from bangkok thailand scott coat saying thanks so much for listening we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new one and trevor take us out yeah uh glad to have jojo on the show and thanks for doing another episode with me scott i'll see you next week and we'll record one together uh, and i hope everybody looks forward to hearing that one because uh, we got a good guest Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom in Cambodia?